This is Degree Free Decisions. The podcast that says screw the norm and kicks the nine to five to the curb. Cody Secor is here to tear down the BS about needing a college degree for success. Sick of the same old climb the corporate ladder crap? Welcome to the club. We're diving into the lives of those who've said no to traditional paths and yes to building something extraordinary. Get ready for unfiltered chats with everyone from renegade CEOs to self-made entrepreneurs. These stories aren't just real, they're revolutionary. Strap in for raw stories and eye-opening truths that'll redefine your view on careers. Degree-free decisions starts right now. Let's get this show started. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Degree-Free Decisions. I'm here today with somebody, with one of my biggest mentors. He's coached me in everything from business to life to mindset. He's done it all. My dad, who runs one of the top sales uh, real estate teams in our area, he's coached my dad's team in scripts. He coaches my dad personally. Um, he's done it all. I respect him, and I uh, think of him as one of my friends. So I'm super honored to have you here today, Chris. I appreciate you uh, inviting 100%. me to well, your uh, podcast. Let's you. jump straight into it. Um, I know you've done a lot. You have an extensive military and leadership career. Um, you've done real estate. You've had multiple other businesses, and now you're coaching. So uh, I kind of want to go over all that and see how it all comes together for you. All right. Well, um, first yeah, up. I know, like I talked about the military, how do you think the military kind of shaped your business strategies and mindset? How do you think that ran together? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so just for the audience's understanding, um, joined the military when I was 20 years old. I enlisted as a infantryman in 1997. So if you're good at math and you figure out how old I am, um, is what it is. But uh, it's all good. So I joined. I enlisted in 1997. Um, my very first unit out of basic training was a um, special operations unit. We operated as uh, six-man teams, you know, doing reconnaissance, surveillance, uh, downed aircraft, pilot recovery, battle damage assessment, um, and it was a unit called LERS. Uh, long-range surveillance, and uh, we worked for uh, the two-star general of the 82nd Airborne Division um, under the command and control of then Lieutenant Colonel uh, Michael Flynn. Yeah. All right. We know you know General Flynn today. Uh, so that was my very first unit, interestingly enough. And um, the reason why I say that is because I was a young punk kid off the streets of New Jersey and New York. Uh, basic training kind of you know, narrowed me down a little bit. Uh, but that unit really, uh, really changed my life uh, for a couple of reasons. One, um, I got the opportunity to work under Lieutenant Colonel Michael Flynn, right? And at the time, I, I didn't know who Michael Flynn was. Like, he was just the Lieutenant Colonel. that was the battalion commander of the unit that I was in. Uh, but super impressed, man. Like small stature dude uh, with a really yeah. big kind of presence. Um, his presence was known, you know, we would do missions and we'd have to brief him and, and his staff and there's other colonels and right. generals and, you know, so on and so forth. But within that room, um, of, you know, really high ranking officials. And here I am just this lowly, uh, PFC, 
uh, enlisted soldier. Um, I was low man on the totem pole in a high ranking room. Um, and I got to experience firsthand what leadership was all about from high ranking officials. Um, and Michael Flynn uh, was super impressive. Um, just how he handled people and how he handled working and speaking with the lowest ranking person in the room, because as an E3, especially in a special operations unit at that time, um, you were about the same equivalent as uh, right. what's under dog poop, right? Um, and so you have this guy that's a lieutenant colonel, there's generals in the room, so on and so forth, uh, and he treated you as one of his own. Um, so that was you know, a really prominent uh, learning lesson, and, and I'll kind of dive into that a little bit more in a second. Um, and then secondly, my team leader, uh, who the gentleman uh, eventually went off to go um, do a very long portion of his career and uh, actually retired yeah. from uh, Delta Force. Uh, he was another amazing individual. And the one thing that I learned from him, uh, one day I was feeling real sorry for myself. I mean, there's dudes on this team. They're jacked. Uh, Sergeant Racy, who was the team lead, he, this guy could run for hours and just talk it as if like you and I are just going for a job. And so here I am just like feeling sorry for myself one day. And he's like, Hart, what's wrong? And I said, Sergeant Racy, I, I don't think I belong here, man. And he's like, why is that? And I'm like, well, you know, you can run like a, a jackal, uh, specialist butler is stronger, you know, uh, Tully is this. And I'm going through everybody on the team and I'm mentioning how they're just so much better at everything than I was. And he said to me, he said, Hart, let me tell you one thing. You don't have to be the fastest. You don't have to be the strongest. You don't have to be the best. Yeah. You just have to be the hardest worker in the room. <laughs> and I was like, that's it? He said, yep. I said, I can do that. And I learned at that moment in right. my life, I don't have to be all those things. Just have to be the hardest worker in the room. Um, and that wow. stuck with me literally till this day. Right. And, and I tell people like, you may be smarter than me. You may be better than me. You may be more skilled than me. You be, you may be more experienced yeah. than me. You're not going to outwork me. You're just not like, I will beat you cause you will quit eventually. So, um, that was a big takeaway. And then um, I had the opportunity to go and go become an officer. Um, and so in 2001, I got commissioned as an officer, uh, stayed in the 82nd, stayed in the infantry. Um, and so I spent a total of eight years combined enlisted yeah. an officer in the 82nd in the army. And the biggest thing that I took away from those eight years, both of those, you know, kind of overarching uh, experiences was just discipline, discipline and hard work, right? And, you know, just being in the military, uh, being in the 82nd Airborne Division, uh, having been yeah. in a special operations unit, eventually going to become an officer, um, you learn the power and value of discipline and hard work. Um, and so I took those two fundamental characteristics from my eight-year career in the military with me into the civilian professional world. Um, and I can honestly say like anything that I've personally achieved that I personally set out for the whole <laughs> right. air quote success, um, uh, all of it's based off of that. All of it's based off of those two things, discipline yeah. and you. So you would say, 
Yeah. Okay. So you would say for people, obviously, that haven't been in the military, but they're getting into sales or any business profession, that those are the two things that you have to have to ultimately be successful. Oh, 100%. Right? Like, you know, there's a saying where people say, um, hard work will outperform talent every day of the yeah. week if talent doesn't show up. And that, and that's, you know, in my experience, I've, I've been around people so much more talented than me. Um, I see it with my children who I have three kids, two boys, one girl, uh, and they all, they are all individually involved in some aspect of extracurricular activity. My daughter has done um, kind of singing, dancing, yeah. acting, just kind of like that whole world right there. Uh, my son is an actor, uh, theater actor, and my youngest is, um, for a number of years now, been a yeah. uh, competitive gymnast, you know, uh, competitive gymnast. And all three of them have never been the best, right? There's always been, you know, kids that are better than them. You yeah. know, we always see the kids that's naturally talented. Um, and interestingly enough, all three of them have... Um, done the same fundamentals, right? Like I've, I've imparted that into them, remain disciplined, right? Do what you're supposed to do, consistently show up, listen to your coaches, teachers, etc. cetera, yeah. um, do what they say and don't quit. And you start to see all the kids that are talented, stop showing up. They, you know, they go from being the best dancer, like world renowned yeah. dancers. I've seen young girls, world renowned dancers, and they quit dancing because they want to go run track. I've seen, you know, in, uh, I've been, uh, taking karate for the last couple of years. I yeah. set out a goal to go earn my black belt. Uh, again, kids training with kids that are literally world-class champions. It's crazy. And some of them just quit. Yeah. They don't want to do karate anymore. Right. Like they're talented. They're naturally talented, but it's funny, man. I've learned that that natural talent tends to fade off because I don't know. I guess I don't know what it is, but I personally think it's just because it's not a challenge for them. And I think deep down in in our yeah. rooted soul, uh, we like challenges. So, yeah, the message that I would say to your audience, um, which I'm imagining is you know probably a lot like you, your age, you know that yeah. that type of um, demographic is, you don't need a college degree, man. You know what? I've been to college. I have the degree. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't do crap with it. And they don't teach yeah. you discipline and they don't teach you hard work. No. So, you know, if you can take and, and those are choices, by the way. Those are choices. You can't go out right. and buy it. Nobody's selling it. It's not sexy. It's just it, it's a choice. And these are things like even if you've never been a hard worker in your life. It's a daily choice to say, I'm going to put in the hard work and effort today. I'm going to put the hard work and effort into yeah. this task. And you yeah. can apply it to no, everything no. and anything. It literally becomes yeah. the world is well, your oyster. And I was actually talking about this with my dad earlier. It's not just college though. I mean, it's the entire, at least state and like each state's education system doesn't set you up to learn discipline and hard work. I mean, I high school and barely tried. No. Right. Right. And, and, and most don't. Um, you know, I've got my kids come home and tell me they've, they've got, they have to do these things called the eye readies. And yeah. it's like, 
work at home stuff. And I'm like, why do you go to school? But they don't do a single, they have friends that have not done a single, yeah. I won't call them friends, people they know, have not done a single I ready all year. And they don't care because you know what? They're gaming the system. Yeah. They know that they're right. not going to get left behind because in the public school system, you know, mm-hmm. nobody gets left yeah. back. So they're gaming the system. So if anything, the system's actually harming yeah. your you know children today as opposed to setting them up for success. But they've they've propagated this ideology right. that you need that degree so you yeah. can quote unquote get a good job. So you can pay the most taxes and be the most miserable and make the people who don't buy into that system. Yeah. No, totally. More and wealthy. it's like almost like you're talking about you don't like it's not common where you see discipline and hard work. It's like almost like you get made fun of for it today. Like in my age, at least like if I'm, if I'm disciplined and I want to work hard at something, I'm made fun of because I'm focusing on this, not going out and doing this stuff. Let's go. You want to go down (laughs) that bunny trail? All right. All right. So why do they make fun of you? Because conceptually these kids people whatever you know group organization that uh you're talking about in in any respect become the quote-unquote masses they you know they shape certain things to be the norm and when the norm is not x and in this particular case we'll call it hard work effort and discipline okay when that's not the norm and you operate outside the norm What's going to happen is they're naturally going to point their finger at you. Look at that guy. But when it becomes the outside the norm positions you here and them here, and they look at it and they go, what's different about him? And they go, discipline, hard work, effort. And they kind of look around and they're like, do we got that? No. Well, if he applies that to things in life, is he going to be better than us? Yes. And they're like, oh, we can't have that. So they have to make a choice at that moment. Do we do what he's going to do and elevate ourselves to his level? Nope. Okay. What's our other option? Tear him down. Yeah. That's why they do it. Right. So, you know, all you high speeds out there, man, all you kids that, you know, got C's and D's and you're like, man, screw school. I don't like school, blah, blah, blah. Um, If you have hard work and discipline, you're going to get made fun of by the masses. But you need to understand they're making fun of you because they can't elevate themselves to yeah, you. 100%. They have to tear you That's down. That's exactly what it is. And I've witnessed it, experienced it, and seen it done to other people. Well, um, yeah. okay, moving more towards the let's not go to college. Let's either start working for somebody, build your own business, whatever it is that you want to do that doesn't involve needing a college degree. How, would you, how do you say you've seen working in different – multiple different businesses, how like hands-on training compares to a more traditional style of sitting there and watching somebody teach it or trying to tell you how to do it. You know, the number one complaint of people who come out of college with a degree, right? So what, what's the American ideology? Go to school so you can get good grades. So you can go to college, graduate college with a degree and you can get what a good job. So that's the expectation, right? So you have young adults, 20, 21, 22, 
They come out of college and as soon as they get that degree and they sober up from that and they're like, all right, crap, my student loans, I have to start paying on here shortly. Yeah. Right. It's like, what is it? Six months after you graduate. So they spend right. like the first three months because that's summertime. Uh, they spend like the first three months kind of partying and haphazardly trying to get a job. And then they get they get a couple of interviews and, you know, they'll do an interview and they'll look at the person. They'll go resume. Right. They'll look at the person and they'll go. So do you have any experience? And they're like, no, I, I just graduated. And they're like, oh, all right. Well, you know, hey, go out to the workforce, get some yeah. experience and then come back. Right. That's the common theme that we hear from people right. that graduate college and try and get into the workforce. Right. And so then they go, well, if I have no experience and I can't get a job, how am I supposed to get a job to get experience? So if it's always about if it if it all boils down to experience. Exactly. Why do you need the degree? Right. So, you know, like for you in, in your sake, like here's the thing. Yeah. You're getting a degree. You're getting a hands-on degree. You're getting the real-life learning lessons that actually apply. So if you spent the next four years of your life just working in your dad's business, various different roles, learning different things, you know, uh, failing forward, succeeding a little bit, doing everything that most people experience in their first four years in business or in their job profession, that sort of thing. Um, here's the thing you can take your resume out to the marketplace and you can compete against your friends who are out in college partying right now, having a good time and they can take their resume. And the only thing that the only difference is you're going to get the job that you want and they're not because they're going to look at you and they're going to go, Cody, you didn't go to college. They're like, no, really? Why not? Well, I wanted to get hands-on experience. Well, tell me about what you did. Well, I, you know, Came out of high school, started getting involved in selling solar. I learned the ropes of sales and that. Uh, I started, you know, uh, having some results there, and I went to work for my dad's real estate company. And you know, I started you know, phone prospecting and selling and booking appointments and failing forward and learning how to sell. And you know, I made a hundred thousand right. dollars in X amount of time. And blah blah blah. <laughs> Who's going to get the job? The kid with partying experience or the kid with the real life? job practical application bumps and bruises yeah see what i'm saying so the experience is the value in the marketplace right in the system the american system they make you believe that the degree is the value here's the problem (laughs) everybody's got a degree so your degree doesn't set you apart from anyone else so they propagate this belief that you the value is the degree, but in the marketplace, the currency yeah, value 100%. is the experience. And the problem is the people that are teaching their classes to help you get a good job, most of them have never done what they're teaching you to get a job in. So how are they- I mean, come on, man. You know, you go to school and you take direction and information from people who lack wisdom and they're making the smallest salary in the entire workforce. Right? Like if I'm going to go hire, um, let's say karate. Right. And I'm like, Hey, I want to learn karate. Am I going to go to the school that's, you know, pumping out world champion uh, competitors 
in that respective art? Or am I going to go to the school that, you know, has the least amount of experience and they watch, you know, like YouTube videos or whatever the case may be. Right. You're going to go to the school that's pumping out world champions, right? Okay. But here's the problem. Your American school system is hiring people right out of college with no real life experience telling you what life is going to be like and right. attempting to educate and prepare you for post yeah. or excuse me, post educational career. No, it may, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, sense. why do you think, okay, when I was right? getting into solar, like you were talking about, why do you think when I was like, when I told my dad, I was like, I don't know how, like, I've never talked to people on the phone before for business. He said, okay, well, we're going to put you on these coaching calls with Chris Hart because Chris has been in real estate. He's doing solar. He knows the scripts. He knows how to talk to people. You have experience. He didn't say, okay, I'm going to, you should go take this like college course. You should go take this online course that might show you how to do it. Like he's, I'm not going to college for business, for a business degree, right. which I don't even know what that entails or means, but I'm learning business from people who have done it and people who have succeeded. Right. And the school system is doing what? Yeah. They're just hiring people. They're puppets. You know, and I'm not here. Listen, I'm not here to denigrate, degrade, or any you know anybody in the educational system. I believe there's a place for the educational system, and it's for people that are looking for uh, careers that require this you know specialty education: engineers, doctors, attorneys. Um, you know, there's maybe like one, two, three other ones, uh, but other than that, like. Most of the degrees that people are acquiring these days, yeah, it's like, what the hell are you going to do with that? And then, oh, by the way, you know, how many, how many average American families can afford to send just one? Yeah. Most people have two, three, four kids, but how many can afford to send one kid to college at twenty-five dollars to $30,000 a year? That's a buck 20 for a four-year degree yeah. if your kid can get out of college in four years. So they're like, hey, we can't afford that. So you either have to get what? You either have mm -hmm. to get a uh, scholarship, right. which I hope you're really good at something. And if you are, there's your you yeah. know, character development of discipline and hard work. Okay. But if you don't have that, your other option right. is you got to get student loans. Well, the second you take those student loans, that is the absolute worst debt you could ever acquire 100%. in your entire life. Because there's only two debts you can't escape from. And it's taxes mm -hmm. and student loans. You can't file bankruptcy on either one of those. So the only thing that's going to happen once you acquire that debt is either you're going to pay it off, yeah. which will probably take you a lifetime, right? Or yeah. it'll just get written off if you die. No. Why would you do that to your child? And the fact of the matter, listen, Cody, and, and audience, this is fact. I don't know the percentage, but a large percentage, it's like upwards in the 80s percent, are not no. even working in their career field that no, they have not. a degree in. And why is that? Because they get student loans. Those things, you have to start paying on them six months after you graduate, Right. And they can't get a job in their career field because their career tells them you got to go get experience and nobody's hiring just for experience anymore. So they got to go get some alternative job in a, 
in a field that's just willing yeah. to hire you for, you know, labor just so you can pay your bills. And then, you know, you get comfortable yeah. there no. because. Well, okay. So, and happens. I don't know what the exact number is on this, but like you're talking about, like people don't end up working in the same field last year, like the 2022 graduates, if you look at the number of people that graduated to the number of jobs that were actually created, there was less, less open jobs that were like, or new jobs that were created based on degrees than there was people that graduated. So there's not even enough like inventory of jobs, if you can use that word, for the people with the degrees. Right. They were all wanting to go get a degree, but there's not that many, right? It's like, I don't know, I think yeah. it's like over 300,000 yeah. people graduate every year. In your four-year degree, there's a million people around the country graduating with a degree a large majority of them have what student debt associated with that degree and there's just not that many jobs that are you know being created each and every year that can service yeah. the amount of degrees that are being and if we're being issued. real the people that aren't going to college are the people that are filling the job spots because they're already getting lined up to go into the job but we don't want to talk about that. Right. Yes, we want to talk about that in society. Society doesn't right. want to talk about that. I'll talk about it. Well, um, yeah. yeah. And I don't, okay. Yeah. It, I think 100%. it was 63%, but I'm not going to, I can't say for certain. It was in the low 60s percent of college graduates within their first three years miss a payment because they can't afford to pay the bill, which is crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Like, and that's a known stat. Like you can look that up and people are still preaching. To, it's not even the kids. It's like, it's not kids aren't born. And like they turn five years old to go to kindergarten. Like I want to go to college. It's the education system and their parents that were taught in the same education system that are telling them you need to go to college. So these parents are putting this debt on their kids. Like they're putting this mindset to their kids. They have to go to college and they're training those kids to go into a debt that over 50% won't even be able to pay off in three years. And then, oh, by the way, and again, I'm not harping or hounding on people that have a job. You know, there's some people need a job, right? There's yeah. some personalities that jobs are better for. Um, and I support that, right? If you have a business, you need to hire people right. that want a job, administrative personnel and that sort of thing. But jobs aren't a bad thing. But when you look at financials and wealth and, you know, survivability, okay, typically what's the saying go? that they'll pay you, a boss will yeah. pay you just enough for you not to leave and mm -hmm. you'll work just hard enough not to be fired. Yeah, 100%. Right? Like, that's truth, man. Getting paid, you know, what yeah. is, what's the acronym for job? Just over broke. So if life slows up, you have a medical condition, whatever the case may be, yeah. uh, you're, you're broke. You're, now you're under, uh, you know, not more. Yeah. Before you were just over it, now you are broke. But the point is, you get a job and when you look at the, the difference between business and job, job, you pay the highest taxes and you pay that yeah. per, matter of fact, you don't even pay it. They just take it out. They say, here's your paycheck. We took out your taxes. And people are like, oh, that's so nice. Thank you so much. I don't have to worry about figuring that out. And they're <laughs> like, oh yeah, we made you stupid. So now you think it's valuable that we yeah. calculate that for you and just take it out on your behalf. Well, as a business owner, guess what? I make my money 
I make it to the end of the year, and then they give me about a four-month uh, period of time from January to April where I get to deduct, right? In that 12-month period of time, in that calendar year, that tax year, I get to deduct business expenses and then pay the government last yeah. based off of my net profit. Right. So you see this right here. Yeah. As a, we all have these, do we not? There's a cell phone. Yeah. Okay. No matter what brand, but that's a cell phone. Every single person have them. Even homeless right. people I've seen have. Them. So everybody's got a phone. You know what the cool part is, right? This, yeah. let's say you go out and buy an iPhone. It's a thousand dollars, right? You have a job. You're paying a thousand dollars on post tax money, which means you're the money that you yeah. receive is already paid taxes. So you've already paid your taxes. Whatever's left over, you're going to go buy your $1,000 iPhone. In business, this is a business expense. So I have my revenue that comes in, and then I can go buy a phone for $1,000, and that's pre-tax money. And so whatever's left over at the end of the year from all my expenses, right? Your car that you drive to work, you're paying for that on post-tax dollars. My truck that I drive around for work and stuff, that's pre-tax dollars, right? So here's what I would tell people out there. I think we all have a desire to be wealthy, right? At some level, whatever wealthy means to you, whatever success means to you, I think we all have a desire for it. You can't, nobody gets wealthy with a J-O-B. Very few people do, okay? Well, what about attorneys and, and what yeah. about doctors? They're, They're the, the ones 1%. college degree. Yeah. You wanna go be a one Yeah. God bless you. But I'll tell you right now, if you hired me as a coach and you went and walked into an attorney's office to get general advice, you're going to pay me yeah. more than you're going to pay that attorney. My hourly rates more than a, a typical yeah. attorney is. And I got a degree in television, <laughs> radio and film production, dude. Like, the only time I've ever used anything I've learned is volunteering in churches in the tech booth. That's it. I graduated college and I, you know, I went yeah. and got commissioned as an officer in the army. So that was, that degree was literally just the thing that I needed the vehicle to yeah. be able to qualify to go become an officer. Okay. So I have a degree I've never done anything with, but yet I can charge people based off of my knowledge and experience and the outcomes that they get more than an attorney will charge for one hour yeah. of general legal. That's crazy. crazy. Um, okay. So crazy. talking about the coaching, the coaching side of what, like, okay, what you're talking about, you make more money than attorney, most attorneys based off what you charge. When you talk about coaching, you've been, you're in my opinion, one of the top coach, top script coaches that I know of just because your stuff works. I mean, if you actually implement it, if you actually memorize it and get it down, your stuff works. You can still like, you can still repeat your, what was it? Expired, expired script off the bat that you probably haven't done in 10 over 10 years. Yeah. I mean, I can repeat it for you just to you know prove it to your audience, but um, I haven't personally made a expired prop. When we say expired real estate, you know, uh, listings that uh, the contract ran out, they're no longer actively on the market. And so real estate agents will call those people because 
you know, they're typically, in my opinion, they're, they're layup business. They are, you already know that they want to sell their house. Right. So you're not trying to find someone interested in selling. Someone's already failed them and you can come in as long as you can, you know, show some value yeah. and take some pretty easy listings. And so when I was taught that, I was like, oh, heck yeah, I'm going after that. I didn't know what I didn't know at that you know early stage of my career. Right. That just made sense to me. And I was like, I'm going to go do that. Everybody else gets all in their head and they have a very difficult time prospecting uh, um, uh, expired. But one yeah. of the things that I learned is you better learn your script, right? And so here we are. I think the I can't even remember the last time I made a prospecting call, Yeah. but it's been probably 10 years. Here we are 10 years later and I can recite the script, no problem. Hello, thank you for taking my call. It's Christopher Hart, Keller Williams Realty. I'm calling today because your house shown a multiple listing services as an expired listing. Seeing as though I specialize in houses, didn't previously sell. Didn't previously sell. I was wondering when we can get together so I can show how I get houses. So, so hello, thank you for taking my call. It's Christopher exactly. Hart, Keller Williams. I can repeat and it see, over and over and, and over. And because you can do that, I promise you, he got more business from that. He got more. He versus somebody else that just cold called him without the script. One, nine out of ten, if not ten out of ten times, because he knew what he was talking about. He knew what he was saying. Yeah. But, you know, here's the thing. The, the problem that most salespeople have when they go into phone calls um, is they get anxious yeah. because they don't know what they're going to say because they don't have the hard work and discipline to learn their scripts and their content. Not everything's a script, right? And I actually teach people, get off your scripts, right? It blows people's minds. Right. In the real estate industry, a lot of you know coaches are like scripts, scripts, scripts. You know, they're pounding scripts into people's head and people are like, oh, I just don't like scripts. It doesn't sound like me. It doesn't feel natural. And here I am yeah. as a coach. The first thing I'll tell you is get off your scripts. And people are like, what? No way. This is sacrilegious to sales. And I'm like, hold on a second. Time out. I didn't say not to use scripts. Scripts is the initiation of a conversation. People want yeah. to have conversation. You're calling human beings. They want to have conversation. You show up sounding like, you know, a retard, either like, hello, thank you for taking my call. This is Christopher Hart with ABC. You know, it's like people yeah. read through that and they're like, oh, Jesus, a salesperson. Okay. Or you don't know what to say because you didn't learn a script and you're stumbling. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. You got the stutters. You got the stancados. You got the ums in there. And that yeah. just shows and they don't want to hire somebody that's not lack of confidence. You don't need um, okay. So diving into that, what do you think in your coaching experience, like what you've taught people, what you've learned from coaching people, what do you think the number one thing you've learned that you teach now is like to give advice to somebody who's getting into sales, not just phone calling, but like talking to people in general, what do you think the number one strategy that you've learned is the best one? Sales in general, yeah. For like sales in general. <sighs> so what is sales? Sales is influence, right? Um, John Maxwell says leadership is influence. Why? Because in leadership, you are communicating with people to influence them, to understand the definition of influence. Literally by the dictionary, it's the power to yeah. affect someone's character or actions. So if leadership is influence, John Maxwell says, says nothing more, nothing less. Sales is the same thing. You're communicating with people yeah. in order to do what? Take action. Now, if you look at that, right, is sales is influence and influence is communicating with people, right? Which means you have communication. 
And anytime you're going to have communication that's similar or the same repeatedly, we call that in essence a script and a structure of content. Okay. Um, My son is just, you know, not too long ago, turned 13 years old. Today, he just got signed by a uh, top uh, agent as an actor. Just got signed by a top agent today. Yeah. And you want to know why? Because this kid knows his scripts. I mean, right right on my couch over there is just a pile of scripts. And he learns them like that. Right? So the the reality is real estate agents are just like actors. They show up and they perform in a character that's not their norm or natural. And they have to learn how to take on the personality of that character such that they possess the skill to act like the character Mm -hmm. in the movie to the point that when you go see it, it feels real and it's believable. That's what being a sales agent is. And if you want to be an actor and you show up for auditions, you know what the big difference between my son and most of the people he competes against? They're reading off a script. He knows the script. Right? And that's the big difference in sales. Like every job has a core skill. And that's what you have to master. That's what you have to be disciplined to learn really well. And the more you learn it, the more you're going to get paid. So I believe in sales, your income is directly reflective of your skill set to influence other people in the marketplace. Not Not because you're a slicky salesperson, but because you're able to communicate realistically value that you can bring to the table. And it's about understanding the problems that the, the, the marketplace, the demographic of marketplace that you're communicating with. It's about understanding the problems that they face because there's a belief that I have that if they don't have a problem, then they don't need you. Right? So you have to be able to communicate the problem that they're facing which tells them, right. hey, you know what I'm dealing with, right? And, and people like that. They go, oh, okay, this, guy's know what, this guy understands me. So when you're able to effectively communicate the problem that they're dealing yeah. with, and then you can offer them a solution with your product or service, but you can possess that, but if you yeah. can't communicate it effectively, you lose. So, you know, that's, that's the big piece. Every business, I don't care if you're not in sales, right? I don't care if you're not in sales. If you're communicating with people, you're influencing them. Every business sells a product or service. And if you want to go from, you know, average to hero, you're going to have to sell something. You're going to have to sell yourself. You're going to have to sell a product. You're going to have to sell solution, et cetera. You better be skilled at it. Couldn't agree. I mean, you see it in my dad's business. I mean, there's there's agents, I mean, not specifically on my dad's team, but in real estate, there's agents who are amazing at talking to people. Like, they can have a conversation with anybody, but they don't, and you're like, you talk to them, you're like, oh my gosh, they probably do very well. And then if you look at their business, I mean, they don't, but it's because they know what they need to talk about, but they don't know how to communicate it. 
Well, they can't. The problem is they can't influence themselves first. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of real estate agents that know what the hell they're talking about. There's real estate agents that I personally know been in the business 10, 15, 20 years. They'll tell you that all damn day long. And you're like, show me your call log for the week. How many calls have you made this week? How many people have you talked to? And they're like, what, what, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean what I mean? Like, yes. Sales, like lead generation, lead follow-up, talking, picking up the phone, talking to people, door knocking, go, you know, going to B&I meetings, communicating with people. How many people did you communicate with this week? Well, uh, 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 and their numbers are zero. And I'm like, you may be knowledgeable at your job, but you're not good at influencing because influencing starts with you first. You write that down. Your ability to influence yourself to pick up the phone and have conversations with other people. And I don't care how good you are and how much you know about how you can, you know, talk about real estate or solar or mortgages or insurance or whatever the heck you're selling. If you can't influence yourself first, no. you're not gonna win. And when I say win, I want to be clear about something. I don't like using that term success because it tends to be overused and under understood, right? So when I say win, win means you have an ideal outcome yeah. you're looking to achieve. I want to make $100,000 this year, right? Well, if you can't influence yourself, you'll fall short and make like 40 grand at best or 60 grand, right? Like you fell significantly short of your goal, which means you lost. And in business, let me tell you something. Don't ever listen yeah. to what other people want you to do, right? Live other people's lives, live your life. And if you're, if success for you is making $60,000 in your first year, 18 years old, coming out of high school with nothing more than, you know, experience working at Chick-fil-A. Saying, yeah. Thank you for you know coming into Chick-fil-A. How can I serve you? Right. If you're only experience and your first year, you're like, Hey, I want to make 60 grand. Things will be a good start off. You know, earn a good income. I'll get a whole lot of experience. I'll build off of that. So on and so forth. If that's yeah. your win, that's what you're competing against. Not what other people are making, not what a counterpart in your office, market center, whatever network that you're in, you know, is making. You compete yeah. against what you consider to be a win. It's 60 grand. If it's 40 grand, I don't care. If it's this week talking to, you know, 25 people because you've never done it before. If that's your win yeah. for the week, compete against that. Influence yourself first and compete against that number and stop worrying about what the hell everybody else is yeah. doing. I agree. And that, and I mean, I've, I've had that problem too. I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, it's not something that some people have, some people don't, you have to self teach and self influence yourself. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is stuff oh, that they should be but they're never going to do that. School. Yeah. yeah. Humanity, right? Like, it's yeah. like, well, they don't. Um, and it's one of the big reasons why I'm not a believer yeah. of the no, school system. I agree. Period. Um, well, cool. Um, that's business questions. That's what I got for you real quick. Um, I've seen you all over Facebook. I've talked to you about it. You have a new, um, you have a new sales tool that you're, that you're offering up. Um, I want to, I want to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah. So we created, so the tool is part of a product that we rolled out. Um, and we rolled out a product called digital boss. Um, and it's about how, we started with sales businesses, but we're kind of realizing yeah. like this is applicable for every business. Um, I believe we're, we're kind of morphing into in business, not kind of, I think we're already there, 
it's just taking a long time for everybody to kind of catch on, um, is the sales in the digital space, right? Online, right? And you're hearing people doing online sales and Facebook ads and all that sort of stuff. So um, it, we built a uh, end-to-end system um, and BOSS yeah. is an acronym for built out sales systems. And so uh, we built out a tech stack of uh, technology that's end to end, everything from starting from online lead generation um, to CRM, which is customer relationship management. It's your quote unquote da- database, um, implementation of AI technology um, and, and that sort of thing, and, and email and text campaigns and, and, and all that. Uh, well, the newest technology that's rolled out that uh, we've implemented in our tech stack um, is AI voice conversation technology, right? And this is like, you know, the, the biggest craze over yeah. the last six months or so has been ChatGPT, right? And so people that understand ChatGPT understand that you can go to this yeah. platform. It's like it's like Google 2.0. You know, in the past, we would type in like best plumbing company or plumbing company in your respective market and would spit out data, right? All it is is just a server of data and it says, hey, this most closely applies to what you're looking for. ChatGPT is now like Google 2.0 where you can ask it questions and be like, hey, act as a marketing person and construct a headline for a Facebook ad that targets this demographic, speaks in a professional tone, and uh, is under 10 words and, you know, will cause somebody to want to, you know, X, Y, and Z. So you can prompt ChatGPT to do something and it'll give you this, like, it'll yeah. give you, and, you'll, and you can even tell it, like, give me 10 options. And, it's, and it spits out, like, all this information. And everyone's like, oh, this is amazing. Okay. Well, like, now what's going to the next level is this AI voice conversation where, you can literally program these bots so that script ninja mastery course that I wrote teaching, you know, sales professionals how to effectively communicate. Um, and, you know, kind of the sub headline of it is uh, how to be able to influence anyone, yeah. anywhere, anytime with any situation. Um, all of that that I've taught those people, I can now program into this AI bot, agent bot. And it can make phone calls for you. It sounds like 97% realistic. And I believe that, yeah. you know, what it sounds like is just going to get even better. Um, and so it can make the phone calls for you, have the conversations, right? Run through the scripts, run through the, all the things that I've taught humans how to do. Um, and the big difference is it doesn't have emotion, right? Which some people think is a bad thing. But, you know, why don't people lead you? They don't feel like it. They don't like it. They don't feel good today. So, uh, you know. Their Starbucks, their favorite Starbucks was closed, or their kid got sick, or they got the new variant of COVID, or whatever excuses they come up with not to lead yeah. generate, this bot doesn't deal with that, right? And this bot can make over 10,000 calls in 30 minutes. Yeah, right? And here's the cool part. The technology that we're using, it's, you know, there's, there's two types of technology out there. There's generative AI voice technology, it's just like yeah. chat GPT, the generative programming technology. Um, and all that is generative means what you generate is what it does. Okay. So it's program in program. Out. We use voice telephony conversational technology, which takes the collective genius of all the conversations that it has. So it's getting better within as its you entire go. server and you, it gets better as you go, which sales it gets people better do not go. do. <laughs> 
So if there's like a business out, I don't yeah. know, let's say in the Midwest or Birmingham, Alabama, that has is using the same technology that we're using from the same company, um, all that data goes back to a server. And the bot that I may be using in real estate here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, it may reach a point of a conversation that I may not have programmed in, but if it doesn't have the answer, it has access within milliseconds to that information from a previous conversation. So you're using the collective genius of everyone using the oh. technology on that server. And so the more that people use it as a whole, oh, so it's the not better just the conversations it gets as a whole. For your business, it's the collective of everybody that uses that server. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And then within seconds after the call, you get a, a call wrap up. So you get a, a link to the recording of the call. You get a summary of all the key points and pains and you know pain points, pleasure points, goals. You, know, you get a summary of the call and you get the entire transcript. And so if you're in sales, if you're a sales business leader, you know the hardest thing to do is to get human beings to make their sales calls, right? And if they do make their sales card, calls. One of the second hardest yeah. things to do is to get them to actually update the database. And then the next hardest thing to do is to get them to actually update the database with notes that are worth a darn. You know, they'll say, oh, called homeowner, left message, called homeowner. They're not interested. Called homeowner, right. call back in a week. You're like, what do I do with this? You know, this that's not valuable information, right? But the time that it takes, the reason why is because it takes time and they'd rather be on the calls. But fortunes in the follow-up, and if I go to go do a follow-up and I don't have any context of someone that talked to them a month or two, three months yeah. ago, it's like I'm starting new as opposed to my voice agent can make the call, talk to them, and they may say, hey, call me back in a couple of weeks. When that, that agent, that voice agent can go back into your database, schedule a task to call back at that time and date, and that time and date in your CRM, we can program it to get your CRM to trigger the agent to call back at that time and date. And that, it's going to reference geez, the notes nice from level. its previous call. It's, it's sick, man. It's like, yeah. this is, this is the future of business and, and, you know, we're super excited about it. Um, and so we're super excited about the, you know, the digital boss, um, tech stack that we're rolling out to, you know, automate and systematize end to end of a sales process for uh, any business. Um, but like the game changer, you know, I talked to, I talked to a young man on the phone today uh, earlier on a sales call for this. And he's like, well, you know, how much is it? And I told him, and it's not cheap to set this up. And it's, it's pretty time consuming to set it up for someone. And he's like, oh, well I have a VA and, and that person's actually cheaper. So I'm just gonna, you know, long story short, I'm just gonna stick with that. I'm like, dude, like you don't understand. This right. thing, it may be cheaper today, your cost of lost opportunity because your tech, right? It's not pound for pound, you know, same over time. Like your VA is going to continue to do this and your AI voice agent is going to do this and there's going to be a major chasm. And the fact of the matter is the reason why you're having to make decisions on cost right. is because you don't have the revenue. You don't have scalability in your revenue. So what we tell business owners is, if your revenue is not scaling, right? There's a difference between growth and scale. Growth is like, hey, in business, if right. I spend a dollar, you better get at least $3 back. Otherwise, the one for one, save your money, two for one, too much risk, not worth getting involved in. If yeah. you spend a dollar, you better be able to get $3 back. 
right? Growth is, all right, I can take this from three to one to four to one to five to one. Like you're growing. Scalability is I can take this from three to one to five to one to nine to one to 12 to one, right? Like that's scaling. Your VA (laughs) in Vietnam or Singapore or, you know, whatever country you're hiring a VA from does not have that capability to outperform, you know, to perform at that level compared to this AI voice technology that we're rolling out. Um, Go ahead. So, yeah. No, I was just going to say, so yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we're super excited about, you know, rolling this out to the marketplace and, you know, people that have been adopting it. um, Yeah. You can't argue with it, man. I totally believe it. I'm excited for us to start using it as well. well, where can uh, where can people where can business owners interested yeah. into it find out more more about that? Um, so my my main company um, yep. is Transforming Lives Coaching and Consulting. Um, I have a website that's Transforming Lives Coaching. That's the main website. Um, our website for Digital Boss is about to go live um, here in the next couple of days. We've yeah. got some things that you know we need to clean up. You know the techie stuff on the back end, SSLs and I don't even know yeah, what that yeah. stuff means, but um, the, the smart people are, are handling that for us. We just turned that over to them today. Uh, so they're, you know, they're making sure all that security stuff is going to be uh, copacetic. Um, and so that will be okay. uh, digitalboss.com. Um, so forgive me. We literally just bought the domain. So okay. it's either digitalboss.com it or digitalboss.ai. Yeah, okay. <laughs> or it could be okay. both. <laughs> it could be both. So uh, that just goes to show you don't have to have your crap together. Uh, you just got to know enough to, uh, you know, be able to take action. But yeah, those are those are the two places. Uh, I'm on Facebook, you know, facebook.com forward slash Christopher Hart five. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I think my Instagram is uh, yeah. the Chris Hart or the underscore Chris Hart. Um, and so, you know, feel free if you want to pick my brain, have a conversation, whatever the case may be, find me on any one of those platforms and, you know, um, and then if you're in sales, right, if you're in solar, you're in real estate, mortgage, yeah. whatever, every Friday morning, I do an open uh, coaching for free. Uh, anybody can attend. It's 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, the vanity URL to that is chrishartzoom.com. My, my name is spelled H-A-R-T, so chrishartzoom.com. Um, and then Wednesday, we do a uh, book study mastermind. Uh, I don't have the book here. It's on my couch downstairs. Uh, $100 million leads by Alex Hermosi. Um, so you can jump in on that anytime. There's no cost on that. That's 1030 Eastern time yeah. on Wednesdays. So that's tomorrow morning. Uh, same thing at chrishartzoom.com. Um, and those are just opportunities that, uh, you know, I give back to uh, the business, to life, to profession. Yeah. And guys, you don't um, want to miss those calls. God is um, we have our team sales meeting on Wednesday morning. So there's some Wednesdays I'm not on the book club call, but I am on the Friday call because that stuff is legit and he's giving it out for free. Uh, I would go to your team lead. No, and encourage I think we should get on a three-way team. call when we get off here with the team lead and bring that up too. And <laughs> you know me, I, I'm not scared to put the fire. Yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> you would appreciate it. Yeah, yeah both sure. of us. He'll probably have lock me out of his house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Yep. Yeah, okay, Chris, I'm on my way to Myrtle Beach. Couch, it's your fault. Dad said to leave Birmingham. Uh, all right, man. Well, it's there been fun. Um, I appreciate go. it. And uh, 
And I'll tag Chris's uh, Facebook and Instagram and put his uh, link for Transforming Lives down in the bio. So y'all go click on those and check them out. All right, see y'all. Awesome. God loves you. So do I. Take care, guys.